Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Life on 90 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. String together two road wins. I don't think they've done that this season. So hopefully this is the start of uh, a nice trend here where the Raptors are playing better basketball because this was really fun. Uh, the Toronto Raptors beating the Cleveland Cavaliers for the third time this season, winning by a score of 118 to 107. Um... Yeah, wow, what a performance on the Raptors. I mean, 39 points in the first quarter, capped off by Pascal Siakam, uh, taking a 40-foot pull-up three and knocking that down. Um, Great three-point shooting, like literally the best three-point shooting we've seen out of the Raptors all season. They knocked down 19 threes, uh, and obviously that's going to uh, really change how the Raptors look because of the fact that they just haven't been hitting threes all year. 19 threes. This is what it looks like when the Raptors can actually make threes. They lead by 20 going to halftime. They lead by 20 for the majority of the second half. And then, yes, Cleveland does make it kind of gummy at the uh, at certain points. You know, they brought, you know, I mean, to be honest, quite innovative uh, coaching by Cleveland where J.B. Bakerstaff um, pulled all five of his starters. Robert, remember all the talk about how Cleveland might have four all-stars, all that kind of stuff. So they, the, the four all-stars came out. All right, replaced by five bench guys. And, yeah, this was like nine minutes left in the third quarter. And it actually successfully gummed up the game. Like, it actually made the game more physical. Um, I would say the referees also completely changed their tone, which was annoying to watch. I just don't like when they manage the score rather than they manage the game, like the actual whistles. But whatever. Give the Cavs bench credit. They came in with a change of pace. And then, of course... That was never going to be the whole, you know, game for for the Cavs. Like they were going to not obviously going to close with, you know, Robin Lopez and Raul Neto. They brought their, you know, starters back into the game for the entire fourth quarter, and they tried to make a push. And to be honest, they they cut it close at certain times, right? Like you know, there were like, I mean, the leads down to twelve, the leads down to ten. You know, the Raptors had like three straight possessions where they got no shots off until like the last like three seconds of the shot clock, which is not ideal, obviously, but. It's kind of a bend or don't break kind of situation, though. The Raptors really were able to take Cleveland's best punch, right? There was a stretch there for the fourth quarter where, you know, uh, Mitchell was getting free for a couple of looks, and then Garland was getting free for a couple of looks, and then, you know, Okoro knocked down a corner three, or Mobley would go inside for one of his rare, you know, self-generated baskets. Um, You know, okay, but ultimately, I think the Raptors had this game under control and when they really needed to you know their big wings were the ones who were able to get them uh those baskets I mean to me when I'm looking at this game when I'm looking at this you know matchup between Toronto and Cleveland I mean it's very obvious what's going on here Cleveland doesn't have a big wing defender and everybody in Toronto knows it and so when you look at this game Pascal Siakam has 26 points seven rebounds nine assists on the heels of his 52-point performance in the Garden, came out of this game, was distributing beautifully. Uh, so many of his assists were going for threes, um, you know, and he had his way, right, a near triple-double. Although, to be honest, that's kind of just his average for the season, 26, 7, and 9. That's like an average game for Pascal. What a world we live in right now. Um, but it wasn't just him. O.J. Inobi, another big wing, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, knocks down 6 threes for you. Love seeing that aspect from O.G.'s game because even though he can do so many other things, you need him to be able to catch a shoot from 3 for you. And he's been down on that front this season. 
but you know what he can do on that end. We know he's a really good shooter, and it's good to see him prove it in this game. And then, by the way, we have another one of these guys, because this is what Vision 6-9 looks like. The, the Cavs have Vision like everything but 6-9. The Raptors obviously only have these type of big wings. Scotty Barnes, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, including you know him playing center today. Yes, it wasn't like the best position for him. I don't think long-term he's a center. However, because he's a center, he's finding himself rolling and screening and getting the ball in a lot of these actions where he's able to get downhill and make a play. And you know what? So for people who what might look at his game and say he's not as involved as you would like, one way to be involved is you set a screen for the ball, right? You, you bring the center up, make the, the Cavs make reads. If they want to bring doubles to Pascal, Scotty's open on the short roll. And to be honest, Scotty open on the short roll should be a very terrifying prospect for a lot of teams. Because even teams like Cleveland with shot blockers, right? You got Jared Allen, who's such a great defender. And you got Evan Mobley, who's so good at helping. Um, like, these guys can hurt you at the basket. But Scotty was scoring over top of them at the basket. Because, again, they don't really have a natural matchup for him either, right? And so when you take all that into account, when you take in the fact that the Raptors supporting guys were really knocking down threes as well, I mean, the Raptors got off to an easy start. This matchup against Cleveland, like, every single game I'm watching, I'm saying they don't have a guy to guard Pascal. I mean, to be honest, if Scotty really puts his mind to it, nobody really on that team can really even guard Scotty, right? And and then OG, on top of that, has tons of advantages. Like, if you look at the matchup, just between OG and Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, what was the report this week from, from Zach Lowe where if OG and OB were to be made available in trade, that kind of return for the Raptors would look similar to what Utah got back for Donovan Mitchell, well, look at that matchup between OG and Mitchell tonight, right? And they were guarding each other. Obviously, OG's primary defender on, on Mitchell. Mitchell has 12 points on 4-16 shooting, and that includes him getting kind of hot in the fourth quarter. So in, even with him catching a little bit of fire, he was still 12 points on 4-16 shooting. Meanwhile, OG Anobi goes 26 points and knocks down six threes for you with 10 rebounds. You know what? Okay, you, you start to see you know why this potentially could be it. And listen, this is not something where Cleveland really typically struggles. I mean, Cleveland coming into this game was twenty two and eleven. They were sixteen and two at home. They were on a five game win streak. They're pretty healthy, right? You're looking at the starting lineup. That's that's this is their team, okay? And the Raptors have now just come in and beat them for the third time. The matchup is not good for Cleveland. Meanwhile, the Raptors, I thought obviously, look, this is a tough matchup if they don't do the right things against Cleveland, right? Obviously, Mitchell can really do some damage. He's averaging, you know, pretty close to 30. I think he's just under 30 now, but still, like, pretty much been at 30 all season. Garland is obviously a very, very tricky cover, and the Raptors have historically thrown a lot of extra attention towards him. Uh, obviously, Allen could get in on the offensive glass. Mobley can get in on the offensive glass. But the Raptors tonight were were just so cohesive. I mean, they look so good on both ends of the ball. Um, for me, defensively, just watching the way the Raptors were able to to lock in when they really needed to, I mean, holding the Cavs to only six offensive rebounds, despite being the smaller team, Toronto, I mean, that's that's impressive. Meanwhile, the Raptors got 11 offensive rebounds, Scotty Barnes winning tapouts, Pascal winning tapouts, Wancho getting to the glass, you know, everybody getting, you know, Fred VanVleet got his own miss and drove to the rim and got fouled on his own putback, where for some reason, Robin Lopez was just allowed to like pin him like it was a WWE match or something. He might as well raised his leg and waited for the ref to come in for the three count. Like it was, it was that level of what are you doing? Uh, get off my point guard, please. Um, 
but everybody getting on the glass, you know, and defensively, obviously OG can make things really tough for Mitchell. And listen, Mitchell is skilled, right? A couple of times you might see Mitchell on the highlight reels. Oh, a little crossover, get some space, pull up for three against OG. You understand, Mitchell get, usually gets lots of great chances going downhill, getting to the basket. Mitchell only took four field goal attempts inside of the three. And he got to the free throw line only four times, right? He, those are way, way, way below his averages. So OG is making it really tough. And yeah, Mitchell can hit a pull-up three. That's cute. That's cool. But that that was not nearly enough. Their OG's defense individually on Mitchell this season has been excellent. Last game, the Raptors played Mitchell. He only had eight points. In this game, he had 12. And that's with a fourth quarter flurry. So you got that, right? I thought the Raptors defensively against Garland was interesting because the Raptors actually used a heavy diet on Malachi Flynn, who continues to get chances here. And when it was Malachi and Fred, who have been seeing a lot of time on the floor together, it was actually Malachi who was taking on the primary defensive assignment in those two guard lineups against Garland. And I thought he did really well. In fact, Nick Nurse definitely thought that too, because he closed the game with Malachi as well. And he had him on the Garland assignment. I thought Malachi really, you know, did a great job evading screens, staying skinny around those, not letting Garland turn downhill. Because, listen, Garland getting downhill, he's a very, very tricky player. Yes, he can knock down some threes, which he did so in the first half. Um, but what makes him really tricky is when he's into the paint, he's he's shifty. He's got that little push floater thing, which is really good. You know, kind of Mike Conley-esque with that shot. Um, you know, can get to the basket a little bit as well. You know, maybe draw some contact. But mostly when he scrambles your defense because he's penetrating, he's going to kick out to guys. And, and to be honest, Cleveland could have shot a better percentage from three tonight, right? I think the Raptors did get a couple, you know, a little bit lucky on that front. Cleveland only shooting 11 of 33. You know, they're usually slightly better than that. But at the same time, I thought the big thing was the Raptors guards keeping Garland out of the paint, OG keeping Mitchell out of the paint. And then what are you really left with, right? It's a lot of like, all right, we can maybe find Jared Allen on the roll, but he's not really going to be a guy who can get his own offense, right? So you got to really, if you contain the ball at first, then probably Allen's not going to score, especially if you also keep him off the offensive glass. And then Evan Mobley, for all the flack that we give, you know, Scotty Barnes here, because there's like such a hyper focus on, on his performances. And to be honest, they've been up and down, right? We I, I described the Knicks game. I don't want to go over it. But at the same time, where's the offensive creation for Evan Mobley? It's like maybe once in a quarter you see something where you're like, oh, okay, all right. So he can do something other than a putback or a dump off for a dunk. Like, can you can you do anything else? Seven shots in 31 minutes, right? Like, I wonder what the reaction is there. Now, of course... His defense, I mean, his defense has got to be tremendous, right? His defense got to be so good that Pascal Siakam has got to be begging for a screen to switch over against Mobley. Nah. Nah, end of the, end of the first half, and I love this from Pascal. It's this real sign of his confidence. I mean, obviously, he's got tons of confidence after scoring 52, but this is a sign of his confidence. Pascal Siakam has Evan Mobley, you know, guarding him up top. Pascal drives by Mobley. Gets to the rim ahead of Jared Allen, who's coming over to, for the block. He missed the layup, but the move was perfect. And especially because in Pascal's mind, he's like, oh, I can get past this guy, no problem. And so the Raptors, I think, get the steal next, uh, you know, when the Cavs went, you know, back on their possession. So shot clock turned off. Pascal's the ball. He's just dribbling. He literally has his back to the play. He's dribbling a back out from the three-point line back to the top just to reset, burn some time because it's going to be the last shot before half. And I don't know who wanted to come over for a screen. If I had to guess, probably Fred. But Pascal's like waving him off. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to bring Darius Garland into this situation. Like, yes, I can cook Garland too. 
He's small. I get I get what you're saying, Fred, but just I'm I'm good. All right. Let me just take on Evan Mobley one on one. And then yeah, he blows past Mobley and scores. And it's like, yeah, okay, so you know, I, I do wonder um you know what the what the uh what what the coverages there were. And listen, it, it it's one of those situations where you know you can get past the guy, so you know the extra level of defense is coming to you. So you know you can swing it to Malachi, and then you know that Malachi can swing the extra pass into the corner for OG for three. Like that's the level of ball movement that we saw over the course of this game, especially in the first half. First half, the Raptors were moving it beautifully. They had 69 points. That was really nice to see. And they were knocking down threes at a very, very high rate, which obviously is something that is is above average for the Raptors. However, I think the ball movement was also just so, so good. Pascal, obviously, after scoring 52 in the Garden, the focus was so much Cleveland bringing extra guys towards them. Pascal finding guys out four threes. And, and Pascal finding... You know, Scotty rolling to the basket for dunks. And, you know, uh, Pascal throwing a beautiful lead pass to OJ Anobi, who catches it tiptoeing along the baseline. And then even though he's under the rim, he's still able to power it up and finish over the top of, uh, I forget who it was, Mitchell or Garland, one of those guards, and he was able to finish the layup. Then Pascal swipes the ball off, you know, Evan Mobley, pushed the ball in transition, you know, kicks it to Juancho for, for his only basket of the game knocks down the three, right? Then then Scotty pokes it away from Evan Mobley and then the, the Raptors run out and score. Then Scotty sizes up Isaac Okoro, late shot clock, takes him to the basket. Good patience there too because he didn't rush. Even though the clock was under four, he was able to you know understand that he has a size advantage. If I go strong to my right and I pin my defender because I'm so strong, even against a guy like Okoro, who's also quite strong as well, but Scotty's just bigger, traps Okoro on the outside of his body, takes him all the way to the basket, Statue of Liberty style, finishes for the and one. Beautiful, beautiful play there. Then Pascal drive, kick, OG for three. Pascal hard drive, and one over Isaac Okoro, who's supposed to be the defensive stopper, right? Like, that that's their stopper. That's their, like, you know, that's their answer to these guys. Meanwhile, none of the Raptors' wings got stopped, right? And... Yeah, I just thought the, the the passing early on was just great. Pascal, you know, uh, drive to Scotty in transition, um, who's able to finish uh, the basket. Then, uh, you know, OG sp- splitting past the defense, driving all the way to the basket after scoring. You know, this is after he, he got called for a charge against Mobley, even though I thought, uh, you know, it was just kind of a bang-bang play. But, okay, fine, you want to give it... Th- the call to Mobley, well, OJ, I know me next trip down. I'm going to do the exact same thing and score on you this time. You can't call anything. And then Scotty with the, and then OG with the drive, dump to Scotty, who obviously playing center really does allow him to get in these situations where he's around the basket. The ball is probably going to come to him because the help is going to come off of him because he's the five and he's able to be in the dunker spot, finish around the basket, right? That's something where the Raptors, especially when they played Thad or they played uh, Christian this year or, or obviously Ken Birch. These guys aren't really finishing with any sort of regularity, even on on like semi chances. I'm not, even on wide open chances, we've seen them miss. But these sort of dump off chances where you got to take a bump, you got to figure out your plan for how to go up left hand, right hand. Are you going to use the glass or not? You're going to dunk it. You're going to go for a power finish. You're going to go quick. Are you going to go with up fake? A lot of that stuff is is too advanced for for a guy like Christian or or probably just beyond their age for guys like Thad and and uh, and Kem. But when it's Scotty down there, it doesn't even matter if it's Jared Allen or Evan Mobley coming over. Scotty's still able to find his way to the basket. So I actually do think there were some advantages to Scotty playing at that five position, even though obviously that's not his natural position. He still did a really good job of it. Then Scotty with a high low pass to Thad Young, who gets fouled. 
to deny the fact that he was going to go in for a layup. Then you got Gary, who immediately comes off the bench, and as soon as he checks in, steals the ball, takes it the other way for a runaway dunk. Beautiful to see that. You obviously wanted to see that out of Gary. That was Nick Nurse's main challenge and call out, and boom, he comes in immediately in the game. He does that for you. Then Gary takes a step back three, uh, falling down, probably try to leave the leg out there to draw the foul you know how it is but still was able to make the shot over Chetty Osmond I've really enjoyed by the way these three games where the Raptors have played where you know Gary and Chetty Osmond getting at each other there's a strange little subplot obviously we know all about um OG guarding Donovan we know all about Scotty versus Evan Mobley in the in, in the rookie of the year race the uh, you know sophomore of the year race kind of thing uh but that underrated plot line of, of Gary and, and Osmond going at each other, especially now that they're both coming off the bench, you know, we're really able to match up and, and Osmond got Gary a few times, but Gary got Osmond a few times, you know, that was fun for me to watch just two shooting guards coming off the bench and just trying to create havoc and, and, and be opportunistic with their scoring. Then Fred with the drive to Scotty Barnes in the dunker spot. All right. And then, you know, the defense digs down on Scotty. Scotty makes the extra pass out back out to the perimeter for Gary for a three. So immediate impact for Gary. I think that's actually all of his points. He only scored eight points. Yeah. All that was in the first shift, like within the first two minutes, he did all of that. Right. And then um, Pascal, um, you know, knocking down that three at the end there too. It's just, yeah, beautiful stuff. And, And I think the big thing for me is also defensively. The Raptors were just getting so many stops, and and not only that, but they were getting stops, getting the rebound, or they were forcing the turnover, and they were just able to break over and over and over again. I think in these kind of games, it really helps for the Raptors to be able to help off of certain guys, right? They really knew who they could help off of. You can help off of Evan Mobley on the perimeter. You can help off of Isaac Okoro on the perimeter. You can show them a crowd. OG's going to shut down Donovan, which means it's going to be a lot of Garland. You got to show a second extra body. Garland's a willing passer. He's going to kick it out. Or you're going to show him some. Or if you're going to play through anybody else, let's say you go through Evan Mobley, the Raptors stole the ball off him like twice in the first quarter. And what that all led to was 14 fast break points in the first quarter alone. And that's what powered the Raptors' offense. As good as their extra passing was and all that other stuff their defense was leading to offense and that is the formula for this team you know whether or not they make the threes or not it's 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 great it's genuinely a huge benefit like the fact that they made 19 threes i can't believe it last week they couldn't make they they would make back-to-back games with six threes made so you're telling me that in one game they made three times what they made in one game previously it doesn't make any sense to me but um but ultimately, it's about that defense and it's about getting out on the on the break. That's what the Vision 6-9 thing is about. And so we saw that in full effect. Then I thought, by the way, the bench came in and gave you a great effort. So the bench today was real limited. Nick Nurse kept it real tight. It was Thad Young. It was Malachi Flynn. And with Gary Trent Jr. coming back off of injury, he took Chris Boucher's spot. Now, I've seen Chris Boucher be pretty effective in this matchup against Cleveland. They have a lot of size. You do need him out there. However... You know, when Nick, Nick Nurse said, I want to keep it real, um, I still want to keep it to an eight-man rotation. I, I, I think Thad obviously is able to give me something consistently on a night-to-night basis. Malachi's been really strong, got to give him his minutes. And then Gary coming back, you know, obviously he's got to play. Like, he's still one of your best players. And so he decided to go with this 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 kind of lineup. Now, my concern was, okay, is this going to be too small now, right? Because you, you're only bringing two guards off the bench, and then Thad Young's your backup center, who's not really a center either. So is that going to be too small? Is Cleveland going to be able to punish that? Well, first off, Cleveland didn't have the big kind of wings to punish that, right? Like, if you're going to try to punch it 
through to the basket or shoot over top of a guy and all that kind of stuff. You probably need a mismatch, you know, generator like a Pascal Siakam, like a Scotty Barnes, like an OJ Anobi. Cavs didn't have that. So it was like, okay, so yeah, they're they're small, but guess guess what? Malachi's gonna do a great job, you know, keeping Garland out of the paint. You know, Gary's gonna do a great job of forcing some turnovers and, and obviously spacing the floor and continuing that sort of three point barrage for you. But you know, Raptors were able to get into a zone as well. And of course, you know, the the whole point of those secondary lineups is so that they can sort of play off of the main guys. Because the Raptors never because only bringing three guys off the bench. So you're always gonna have starters with them at, at minimum two. And usually it's gonna be Pascal with that group, which you know, obviously in that uh in that in that Knicks game, we saw a lot of Pascal leading the bench group and he did great in that game in that assignment, especially when so much of the action flowed through Pascal, he was generating advantage after advantage and he was scoring a ton. In this game, it was Pascal and Scotty out there with those three bench guys, and they did a great job. Pascal, you know, uh, getting the rebound, run out to Scotty for a layup. And then Pascal pulling up for three against the Cavs dropping, right? Pascal's three-point um, numbers have also really increased this year, which is really a, a nice thing to see. I think it's just like, um, everything else in his game is working, so why not take some threes as well? And he was able to knock down two of five from three. You're very happy with that. You know, um, Pascal makes an extra pass into the corner to Malachi for three. Malachi is shooting with tons of confidence, tons of co- and And you notice that his teammates are, are showing that confidence in him too because in the fourth quarter, if I just had to fast forward a little bit, you know, after the Raptors get the offensive rebound, Gary fakes as if he's going to go up for three, which – very, very convincing considering how much the scouting report probably says he's going to shoot first, second, and third. Gary pulls two guys closing out to him, and then he swings it midair to Malachi, who's even more open on the perimeter, obviously having drawn all the extra attention to himself. Malachi is able to knock down the three. So when Gary's even making the extra pass to a guy like Malachi, that's how you know he's in the rhythm this season. Malachi's coming into the game confident, looking for a shot, then the guys on the team will find him. They will look for him. They're really good passers. So Pascal makes an extra pass to Malachi in the corner for three. Then Scotty Barnes, transition drive. You know, after the Cavs scored on him, you know, Scotty's able to break the other way and he's able to score on the Cavs. So got it right back. You know, then it was, uh, you know, it was Pascal um, in the post. Uh, draws a double team, you know, beautiful, beautiful extra pass to Thad Young slipping to the basket for a dunk. You know, uh, Pascal with his back to the play, which means his back to Thad, he's able to just quickly turn and throw the shovel pass sort of across two defenders in the middle of the paint. And he's able to find Thad in, in that little pocket there for a catch and a finish. It was a beautiful, beautiful move. Um, then Pascal in the post, quick post move, gets fouled by a Karis LeVert. Then Fred comes in at this point with OG. You know, so the Pascal's done his job. You know, Fred driving kick, takes two defenders to him, kicks out into the corner for OG Anobi, who knocks down one of his six threes. Another beautiful look. Then Malachi, you know, um, pushing it in transition, finding Fred in the corner for three. By the way, how often have you seen Fred shooting in the corner for three? The really... Oh, before before Malachi started coming into the rotation, the times you see Fred in the corners for threes is usually off a baseline inbound where the Raptors have Fred inbounding it to the middle of the floor. Someone in the post catches it, and then Fred comes off of two screens as he's coming back into the play, and then he ducks into the corner for three. That's a, that's a pep play for the Raptors in the baseline out of bounds. Um, but outside of that, you don't see Fred in the corners that much because he obviously is operating at the top. Now that you have two point guards, you have that situation where Malachi can lead the break and Fred can fill 
hard and go straight into the corner for a transition look. So, right, it just makes it easier for Fred to sort of catch his rhythm as well because we, obviously he's having a hard time scoring, but how do we get him easier looks, right? And that's one of the ways. You put two point guards out there, they can help and create for each other. Then Scotty contests Evan Mobley, forces him into a miss. Um, you know, just not a lot of uh, counters there from Marvin Bagalus the fourth. And then Scotty rips down the rebound, pushes it ahead, Malachi three. Then Malachi, and, and at this point, he, he misses the shot. But I love this, and I put it as my notes too, but it was Malachi running a pick and roll. The defense dropped, and he pulled up for three. And it, it's such a simple play, right? It's, it's a very obvious read. But to me, it was a sign of how confident he was. And it wasn't like Nick Nurse was like immediately calling timeout and pulling him out the game. It was like, no, that's the right read. And and to be honest, even though that is the right read, to see him actually have the confidence to take that shot, it, it, it just speaks to sort of where he is right now. I think he's done a really good job. Right. And then Pascal comes back into the game and he starts closing it out, drives through, you know, Lamar Stevens for, you know, a foul on a drive. And then Pascal, you know, he he's he's taking it at Jared Allen one-on-one, you know, drives at him, goes through the paint, kind of gnashes it, although doesn't really circle back out, but he switches ends of the paint. He, he keeps his dribble alive, you know, head fake to sort of throw uh, Allen slightly out of position and then spin and then finish the scoop layup around the seven-footer, who's like one of the best defenders in the league. Pascal Sagan just casually taking this guy to the basket. Beautiful stuff in the post to score on him. I'm, I guarantee you not a lot of guys in this league are scoring on Jared Allen one-on-one in the post like that. Then Pascal Siakam, he's leaking out in transition. Cavs got to take the foul. Uh, I think Mitchell was like, nah. <laughs> nah, if I don't foul him right now at the three-point line, this guy's about to drive in for an and one. So, good move there by by the Cavs. Um, you know, Pascal, late shot clock, you know, he's, he's able to uh, to generate. And, and yeah, you, you, you get to that situation when you're, you're leading. And you know what? Cleveland does do that clever thing where they switch it up and throw the curveball and, oh, now it's Kevin Love coming off of pin downs and, oh, it's it's Raul Neto being super annoying, just being a Jose Alvarado type, I guess, you know, just getting in your grill, although not nearly as effective as Jose offensively or defensively. And then Karis Levert's going to be your primary defender against Pascal. Yeah, that's not going to work. Again, Cleveland is really one piece, one huge piece short. When I'm, whenever I'm watching them play, you know, Chetty Osmond cutting and curling. Okay, all right, once in a while he's going to catch Gary slipping or whatever. But the, for the most part, the Raptors did a really great job. And yeah, third quarter, you know, the Raptors only scored 25 points. Cleveland was able to eat, or actually, no, the Raptors won the third quarter. What am I saying? They still had 29 points in the third. Damn. So, so even though I felt like Cleveland was able to, to, to gum up the game and the referees were sort of really allowing the physicality of, 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 you know, Lopez and Neto and Osman and these guys to sort of like bump and grind or whatever they want to do on that front. Raptors are still scoring. And, oh, by the way, I I, I know why. That's because Fred opened the game, opened the second half with two threes right away. It was beautiful to see because that was the one guy who was still quiet in the first half. Fred is able to knock down two threes right away. Then Scotty was able to roll, um, you know, shoulder Evan Mobley and score over the help defender, score the layup. Then Pascal and one drive over, over Garland. Uh, then Wancho misses the three, but wins the rebound, taps it out to Fred for another three. So Fred hits three threes in the first three minutes. The Cavs call timeout. And that's when they sort of brought their, their bench in. And yeah, well, the bench cut it to 13. You know, it was kind of chippy. The Raptors, you know, um, offensively were looking a little shaky, but they still got enough, you know, scoring there. Pascal with the patient drive score. Scotty with a turnaround jump over Robin Lopez late shot clock was able to just spin. Even though he, he had picked up his dribble, he was just able to spin to his left, which is 
rare. I feel like mostly, actually, mostly you don't see anybody in the Raptors taking turnaround jumpers, but um, still, it was a very impressive move there to kind of, not, it wasn't a super clutch basket, obviously, because it was the third quarter and the Raptors were up huge, but, you know, the Raptors offensively were sputtering there, and, and for Scotty to just, like, take the lid off the rim was was kind of big, because before that, it was Pascal's call for a push-off, then Scotty loses the ball, then Thad Young misses a roll, then OG drives, gets hacked, no call, so it was like, ah, okay, leads down to 13, what can you do? Shot clock's down to two, what can you do? Scotty Barnes says, no problem, you hit a turnaround jumper in the post. Beautiful, beautiful move right there. Uh, then then Pascal gets his own put back after another no call. Then Fred knocks down a four-point play off a uh, off a dribble handoff with Thad Young. Thad Young with a great screen to uh, create the separation. And then Raul Neto steps underneath OG, uh, Fred for the three. So it's a foul. And um, and then, yeah, I mean, look, listen, I, I would say Cleveland bringing back their starters at the end there. They made a hard push. Guys were really scoring, but... Still, I, I just thought that the Raptors made enough plays. You know, like, you know, Scotty with a big offensive rebound. Gary with the extra pass to, to Malachi. That was a big play. Then Pascal with a chase down block, which was huge. Then he rips down the rebound, finds OG leaking out in transition for a layup. And then Scotty, or then, then Pascal in the, in the post, ISO mid range against Stevens. Again, at this point, if you're not setting help against Pascal Siakam, you're just not doing your job as a coach. You're really not doing your job as a coach. How on earth are you going to let. A guy named Lamar Stevens guard Pascal Siakam one on one in the fourth quarter where you're trying to make a comeback. That doesn't make no sense. You have help defenders. Like that's the whole purpose of Evan Mobley. Like bring him over. I don't know if it would have worked, but it, it definitely would have made it a lot more difficult for Pascal, who was just like one on one. Pascal will score against anybody right now. Like anybody. Like when you're talking about Evan Mobley one on one. He, he will roast him. Jared Allen one-on-one, he'll roast him. The rest of your starting five, he'll roast him. Lamar Stevens coming off the bench, he's going to roast him as well. Like, what are you doing, right? So, anyway, I'm not complaining. Uh, Scotty with another late shot clock scenario where he's able to patiently drive around Garland. Very reminiscent of the play in the first quarter where he was able to drive right around uh, Okoro. Same kind of deal. Knows he's a smaller guy. Knows where the shot clock is. A good awareness. You know, taking his time to sort of lock the defender on the outside and go up strong knowing that the Cavs probably don't want to help on that front because of the fact that the Raptors have been knocking down threes it's kind of easy right then then, then Scotty driving at Mobley for another basket then then Pascal gets his own rebound you know kick out to OG for three then Pascal hits it ahead to Scotty for a dunk um and then yeah this is another play that I love from Pascal which I mean look listen I, I don't generally speaking I generally speaking I don't like the hold the ball to the last second you know eat the clock offense right a lot of the time you just look kind of silly and you, you take a tough shot intentionally but I liked it in this case because um it just it just shows me how much confidence these guys have right now Pascal has Jared Allen on him one-on-one this is like maybe two minutes left the Raptors are up like I don't know 10 12 points something like that Pascal has it against Jared Allen drives it into the post then literally turns his back and starts dribbling towards his own basket gets out towards the perimeter knowing that he can get a one-on-one matchup there keeping the I think maybe the the strong side corner was empty so no one was going to help from his left help was only going to come from the right and then Pascal makes a hard drive into the middle of the floor almost towards the help beating um, Jared Allen, who's backpedaling, and then Pascal steps back towards his left where he knows that side of the floor is empty, knocks in the little mid-range pull-up, and that just, to me, tells me how much confidence he has right now. He's got this game on a string right now. He's got this team on a roll, and um, yeah, you know what? We might look back at the end of the season and, and think about, wow, that was a really dark moment there in December when they were losing all those close games, and it was looking real frustrating, and they lost to, you know, they, they, they started sliding in the standings and we started putting people in the trade machine. But 
You know, Pascal went to Garden, scored 52, and then the next night they beat Cleveland. And who knows what happens right here after Christmas, but obviously the players get a much-needed break, so hopefully they're able to enjoy time with their family, travel safe to everybody. Obviously, it's it's a big storm across North America right now. But, you know, who knows? But if they come back and they have this type of, like, movement, this type of shot-making, this type of, uh, you know, togetherness this type of, you know, defensive commitment. Yeah, why not? Why couldn't they not make another run, right? So anyway, uh, to wrap up the show, I'm going to hand out the three stars. First star for me is going to go OJ Anobi. I loved what he did tonight. 26 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, a steal. Uh, had a couple of turnovers. Most of those are just like, the, the refs were just on some, they just, I think the Raptors might have got called for like five or six charges or um, travels. I don't know. Anytime the Raptors got tackled closeout, it was a travel. And I know that that's like a bigger point of emphasis, but I'm like, is that just do the Cavs not attack closeouts? I guess they're not because they're kicking it to like Okoro and Stevens. I guess these guys aren't really doing much. But anyway, um, yeah, so a couple of turnovers, but still, uh, I loved his defense against Mitchell. I love the fact that he knocked down six threes, you know, just great stuff from OJ. I know all around big rebounds as well in the fourth quarter just to end possessions. Um. Yeah, easy, easy, easy first star for me. Second star is going to go Pascal. 26 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, a block. 9 of 22 shooting. Knocked down 2 threes, including the buzzer beater. 6 of 8 from the free throw line as well. Consistently beat every Cavs defender. And I feel like that has a, got the moralizing effect. When you just know that the best player on your team is on your side. And he can get it whenever he wants to. He can get it against a double team. You know what? It's easy to play like that, right? Like everyone else can sort of follow what he's doing, especially when he's also an unselfish passer. And yeah, lots of three set up for Pascal Siakam, lots of transition pushes. You know how Pascal plays. He, he's excellent. And then your third side is going to go to Scotty Barnes. Um, there's a case here for Fred, who obviously was just a killer in the, in the third quarter. I mean, he knocked down four threes. Uh, I love seeing Fred's three-point shot come around of late. Um, you know, he was 4 of 10 against the Knicks. He's 5 of 10 here. Cut out all the extra shots, right? Like, there weren't – I thought 24 shots was a lot against the Knicks, right? But in this game, clearly the matchup wasn't for Fred. The matchup was OG, Scotty, and Pascal. Got out of the way, did his thing, and then, of course, knocked down threes around that. I've said this before. I'll say it again here. The biggest thing for Fred Mabley is he's got to knock down catch-and-shoot threes. And tonight he was definitely knocking down catch and shoot threes with a very, very high rate. So you got to give him some credit there. But come on, Scotty Barnes, 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals. Obviously, there's been a lot of negative press, right? We got another piece now, um, you know, this one from Doug Smith saying that, um, you know, uh, Raptors executives were essentially not thrilled with sort of his participation, how he would come kind of in and out of some of their summer camps. And, and sort of wondered if, if the if the workouts for Scotty in the offseason were, were, were put to good use. You know, uh, look, I don't want to speculate on that kind of stuff. But at the same time, to me, it's like when that is out there, when the news is out there, how is Scotty going to respond, right? Because it's like, because well, you got to think, like some of the stuff hitting the news, like, I mean, it doesn't happen by accident. You know, like as good as of, of a job of as journalists do, and some of the stuff I knew, you know, as well. Like, and, and I'm not even trying to actively gather info, but when some of this stuff hits, the, it, it hits like the actual press, right? There's a there's a process to that. You got to think about, okay, so why is this coming out? And then of course, like, what is the expected response, right? When it comes out that you know Masai met with Scotty, 
what is the expected response? And Scotty responded decently, right? There were a couple games there where he, he ripped out a ton of rebounds and was more active. Um, but then, of course, that kind of slowed down. And then you see another piece come out, and now what's the response? Because the focus is on him, right? There's not public pressure on him. I still see a ton of people supporting him. And and by the way, to be clear, everybody supports him. It's really just about sort of like, okay, is the conversation about critique now, about what he's not doing versus what he is doing? And to be honest, some of those games, I mean, like, what do you get against the Knicks? There's not much room for, like, what he did do well. It was more like, why wasn't he producing better and how do we get him better? Today, super focused, right? Played center once again. Second straight game now where Scotty's playing center, right? That's bumping Coloco out of the rotation. Uh, but Scotty probably is your best bet at the center position because of the fact that he's able to finish around the basket, because he's able to leverage him in terms of forcing him to score. When you're passing to him on the roll, he's got to make a decision to do something with the ball. And he's he's definitely your best roller in that sense, because he can do a couple of things. He doesn't have to just score at the basket or catch a lob. He can catch it on the move, shoulder guy, good footwork, goes in, good touch, left hand, right hand, knows when to cut, obviously all that kind of stuff, mobile. You can run the break with him as well. You can pull a guy out of the paint with him as well because he's going to handle it as well at the five positions. There's a lot of advantages there. Um, and then, of course, that's contingent on him being a really, really dedicated defender. And I thought the big difference between Scotty tonight and Scotty in, in, the, in the Knicks game was how much better he was defensively. I, I love the way he was able to plug the paint, come over and, and create def- deflections, come over and contest shots. Obviously, it's not an easy job banging with Jared Allen. He's a bigger, you know, player, but at the same time, Scotty's super big and strong. You know, like there's no concerns, nothing about that. Today, I think he even ate an elbow to the head and it was uncalled because it was the second half where the refs were just like, let's just call everything for Cleveland to like make this game more manageable. You know, and so Scotty was pretty upset, but he got over that. He was able to score and get back on track. And yeah, I just got to, you know, you got to give him his credit, man. Uh, obviously, it's up and down, but when he's up, it, it looks like this 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two steals, 10 of 16 shooting, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, a couple of late shot clock um, baskets as well, which is super key, right? You definitely need to have something to create something for you there. And he was able to do that um, and super committed to his role. So I, I loved it. Um, great effort from Scotty. Your Gerald Henderson award winner. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, who cares? I, I guess if you want, you give it to. Uh, I don't know, man. I've given it to Chetty Osmond a couple times. Let's give him one more time. Yeah, one more time, Chetty Osmond. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who cares? Um, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, but by the way, programming note: so the 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 Raptor show is not gonna be back. Um, until obviously through the weekend. Um, I think we're back Wednesday. Why, why am I saying program? We know if I don't even know, I'm sorry. This is usually where Alex manages my life, but Alex has been sick of late. So, um, you know, uh, maybe I'll just open up my work document and hopefully it's in there. Uh, we're not going to be back on YouTube and TV until the first week of January. So if you, if you have been, um, looking for that of late, obviously there was no show on Friday as well. Cause I had to uh, get a, uh, uh, a dental procedure done so I wasn't able to, to to sort of do the show um this morning but uh or this afternoon but yeah ultimately just want to say thank you everyone for listening um you know it's obviously been a frustrating month but they've really turned it around here and, they, and then look they've shown you that there is something here right Nick's bringing Malachi back into the fold that's something there for you right Nick is now putting Scotty back at center depending on whether he buys into it or not and how much he's going to continue to do it, that's going to do something for you. He's brought Gary off the bench. That's He's producing that role. Wancho's in the starting group. He's producing that role. He's just coming in and doing his thing, right? You know, no um, 
no extras needed with Wancho. He's finding ways to win. Pasi obviously is trying to lead this team. Fred's coming out of his slump here. You know, Scotty Barnes up and down, but he can he can really, really be great. And OJ Anobi, when he's healthy, does this for you on both ends of the floor. There is still a lot of great things here, and it's really just about finding what that formula is. The season is long. You know, obviously myself included i was quite down on the team as well when i saw them play games like what they did against golden state i mean the golden state hasn't even won since right they, they just get destroyed every night now and you're just like why the hell did the raptors lose to them that badly but there is talent here and it's just about finding the right mix for these guys when pascal's playing like a number one it makes things so much easier when oj Anobi's playing like that defensively it makes things a lot easier when scotty and fred then are the two variables and they were both on tonight I mean, Cleveland's one of the best teams in the East, and the Raptors just took care of business. Like, they, it wasn't even close. So, you know what? Stick with it. Let, let's let's ride it out. Any sort of trade, you know, in talk or entertainment, all that kind of stuff, that will come. But realistically, that's not going to happen until, like, around the trade deadline. So, that's going to be a month plus. Maybe, maybe it's like six weeks here where the Raptors got to sink or swim on their own first. And I still believe that this is their talent in this group. My position was always let's let's get this team to stabilize and then add to the positions here. I'd love to see a center with this group, but at the same time, they gotta show you that first. They got to dig out of their own hole. And 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 right now Pascal's pulling out the shovel and he dug them out against New York and now the rest of the team is, you know, joining in. And you just gotta take this hunger and you just gotta maintain it after Christmas. So um yeah. Good, good, great result, man. I'm really, really happy with this one. So it's a great birthday gift for me. So thank you, Toronto Raptors. 19 threes. Go get your free fries on uh, on New Year's Eve or uh, on uh, Christmas Eve. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. So continue to rate, review, subscribe to the show. I know that listenership does drop slightly when 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 uh, when the Raptors lose. You know, I, I get it, obviously, where you don't want to rehash a loss, but still, like keep the keep the, keep the show high on the charts. You know, just because the Raptors are down doesn't mean the show needs to be down. We're certainly giving full effort here. And, um, yeah, from, from everyone here at the Raptor show, thank you. Um, we're going to go for a quick, you know, holiday break and then we'll be back with the show next week. So thanks everyone for listening and I'll catch you up in the next game.